You can have a seat. Well, my name is Pastor Doug. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, at the close of our service, I just want to flag this. Um, this is Pastor Don Coleman. Just, just stand up. Yes. Pastor Don will be going on a well-deserved one-year sabbatical when he wakes up on Tuesday morning. He's very excited. Uh, And he's going to be just sharing a couple of words uh, at the close of the service. I just want to flag that for you all just to um, prepare to receive for him. So this is a family service. uh, And what that means is you've got kids around you. This is the sermon part. So today's sermon, the name of the game, is called a homily. Uh, And it's a simple way of saying a homily is a very short, very short sermon that packs a punch. Hypothetically, it will pack a punch. Um, So for you parents whose eyes are growing like wider and wider with each passing minute in terror, that today will be the day uh, that your kids will finally do you in. Have no fear. Our Easter homily is here. Uh, We are... I want to invite you, if you are physically able, I want you to invite you to stand for the reading of the Word of God tonight. It is not going to be on the screen, and I'm I'm going to read this one verse three times. And this is from John chapter 8, verse 12. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And one last time, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. So there is a a river... Um, that snakes through the heart of the country of England, and it's called the Thames. Say Thames. The Thames River. It looks like it's spelled Thames, but it's actually the Thames River. Um, And it starts on the west side of the island, and it kind of winds its way through London, and it finally like pours out into the English Channel, which is like this body of water that it's like 30 miles that separates England and France. Um, Now, this river is probably most famous from pictures like this. It's most famous not for being a river, but because of, like, the buildings that surround the river. Uh, So you see, like, the House of Parliament that's right there. The House of Lords is right there. Um, And from a distance, like, it is gorgeous. Like, it is gorgeous. It is calm. It is beautiful. Like, you look at a scene like this, and it seems, like, almost perfect. Um, But there's a problem with this particular river, and it's a problem that has existed for about a thousand years. Um, And the problem is the people. (laughs) Uh, What the people have done for the better part of a thousand years um, is in the city of London, the cities that kind of go around this river, and the cities, the towns, and villages, what the people will do is they will take their trash and dump it in the river. And so the river, when you get closer, actually looks like this, if you go to the next slide. And one more slide. It looks like, like this is just what's washing up onto from the River Thames. So obviously this is pretty disgusting. <laughs> um, and and what the thing that we can really notice is from a distance, everything looks good. But when you zoom in, when you get a much closer look, like that five feet look, when you see what's actually going on, this thing that washes up on shore, like it's just gross 
and it's really, really disgusting. Now, you would think that, you know, for the better part of a thousand years, you could fix this problem, and for whatever reason, they have never fixed this. And so what a, what a group of artists started to do um, about 20 years ago is they would take, they set aside one week in a year, and what they would do is they would go, I mean, this is all across, like, the country. They would go to the shores, and they would take all of the trash, and they would start cleaning it up. And they took all of the trash, and then they would take the trash, and they would segment it into different pieces. So it's like, all right, we're going to put the tires here, and then we're going to put, like, the Altoid boxes here, and then we're going to put, like, and they would separate it very, very carefully. And then they would take it, and they had 24 hours to make something. They had 24 hours to do it. Um, and so what they would do is they would take it, and they would make it into something that inspired them. So we're going to look at a couple of pictures of some of the things that they created. So if you go to the next slide. Destiny. Destiny, this slide here, what does that look like to you? Is it a turtle? What is it? A little louder. A turtle? You are right, Destiny. That is a turtle. So you can see, like, they've, they've collected a whole bunch of things, and they have organized it, and they have created something that inspires them. All right, let's go to the next slide. Timothy. Do you see, the, do you see what's on the slide there? What does that look like? A doggy. It looks like a doggy? What? If a, if a doggy had a feline friend, and your mom were to really like those particular things, those animals, what would it look like? I don't know. You don't know. Let's ask your dad. Oh, I would say a cat. It is a cat, Paul. So that is what another artist, like, for those of you who, who know me, I don't like cats at all. At all, but there are people in our congregation, Alicia Cundiff and a few others, who love cats, so I'm going to stop there. Let's go to the next slide. Okay. You want to take a guess? Oh, hold on. You want to guess? Obama. You are right. That is President Barack Obama. And yet, you can see in the bottom left-hand corner, that's a, I think that's an oil carton. On the bottom right, we see a Ford. I think there's an Altoid. We've got a Band-Aid. There's a Marlboro Lights. There, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. Scrabble pieces. All right, let's, let's look at one more. Go to the next one. Creepy. This is a trash family with a particularly creepy-looking child at the bottom. Here's the thing, like the, so we're, we're going to just start to make a couple of points as we think about this. In the hands of anyone else, this is just garbage. But in the hand of a creator, with a life force behind it, it can be turned into something extraordinary. When you look at the River Thames from a thousand feet up, it looks fine. Like, and even like a hundred feet away, it looks pretty beautiful. But when you zoom in, it is a mess. And I think the thing that we hopefully are connecting some dots on is like, in many ways, this is just the story of our lives. Like, we, we are in this age of, like, selfie expression, of Instagram perfection and snappy snaps. And we can shape what we want people to think of us, see of us, experience of us, look at us like. But here's the thing. The closer you get, the closer you get, oftentimes, the more you realize that your life's a mess. 
here's how here's how when, when Paul he's thinking about like what are the what are like the effects of the resurrection? What is what does it look like as we think about garbage? And this is what he says is he, he has a whole chapter dedicated to thinking about the effects what changes because of the resurrection? He says this, We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose for them. It doesn't mean that in your life you don't see garbage. It doesn't mean that there will not be consequences for the choices that you have made, for the sin that is there. It doesn't mean that when you look at your life sometimes, it's like, oh look, that's an Altoid bottle and it's junk. And that's a Band-Aid. And it looks like, like we still see the mess sometimes in our lives, but in the hands of the Creator, He can put both the good. He can take the good, He can take the bad, and He can like shape it and arrange it into something that is extraordinary. All right, I want to show you one last thing because this is like this is my favorite piece of art. If you want to go to the next slide, what these what they're these two artists, and they took their trash. And they assembled it into something. And when you just look at what they assembled it into, it doesn't look like anything. It just looks like a bunch of scrap metal that is welded together. But there's something, when, when, when the, the light hits it in a particular way, there's a shadow that's cast and suddenly like, there's something else that's going on. If you go to the next slide, if you pull back, the thing that you see, if you get the right amount of perspective, is that if the light hits it at just the right way, it's not junk. It's the image of God. Here's, here's the punch that I'm packing in this little homily. As you think about your life, and as we think about life without Jesus, as you think about the miracle of the resurrection, of this idea of newfound life, of like once before Christ we were dead, and then he raises us in him, this is what we find. Sometimes you don't know what it's supposed to look like until the light hits it. Brothers and sisters of Easton Fellowship, we've got, a, we've got people who are really, really young in this room. We've got people who are older. Yes, I see you raising your hand because you are young. Thank you for raising your hand. For those of you who are more in advancing age, you don't have to raise your hand. Like this, this is the great mystery of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, sometimes you don't know what it's supposed to look like until the light hits it. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the... Not me. Jesus is the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Sometimes you don't know what it's supposed to look like until the light hits it. There, there were bits and pieces of your life that when you looked at it, it was like a stray Altoid bottle, a stray Band-Aid, a junk tire, a piece of burnt-out rubber. You looked at it and all you saw was garbage. There are pieces of your life that felt like they were drenched in guilt and shame. And there are probably pieces that still feel that way. They felt like bondage. They felt like slavery. They felt like fear. And you don't know how it could possibly be worthwhile that you would have a future of any possibility when you had the millstone of the present on your neck that was dragging you down into the depths. How, when I look at this piece of garbage and this piece of garbage and this piece and this, like, how does it all fit together? The answer is that sometimes you don't know what it's supposed to look like until the light hits it. But when the light does hit, 
When it does hit, when the light of Jesus Christ hits you, resurrection power brings the real you, the truest you, that projection of the image of God, of who God has created you to be, the truest you that has been raised from death all the way to life. Stand on your feet. You are so great. See real quick, real quick. Keep singing, y'all. Keep singing. Oh, keep singing. Great are you, Lord. Lord, we honor you because. Great are you, Lord. We humble ourselves before you, Lord, because you are. Clap your hands for the worship band. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hey, um, praise God. First of all, I want to just thank all of our guests. Clap our hands for all of our guests today. Amen. And um, just thank you so much for being with us today. Again, this part right here, some of it you may have a clue what's going on, but I promise you, I won't. I'll let you out of here before tomorrow. Amen. Praise God. No. I'm going to be real brief. Um, First, I just want to say thank you uh, to the Congregation of Eastern Fellowship uh, for affording me this opportunity to have a year's sabbatical. Would you clap your hands to the Lord for that? And I I think it's um, absolutely fitting that today is the day that I get to speak to the congregation, probably for um, in person until next Resurrection Sunday. So, um, just giving you an advance notice, my plan is that I'll be preaching that Sunday. So, don't plan nothing else. Make sure to be here for that craziness. Coming back from a year sabbatical. I'm sure God's going to have a lot to say, but (laughs) don't try to go visit. No, come to church that Sunday. Um, But more and more as I look at what God has done in my life, again, the basic story for our guest here is I was one of the uh, founding group of people who helped found um, Eastern Fellowship from a pastoral perspective. Corey Whitmer, who is now at Third Church, um, me and him were the co-founders of what God was trying to do here in this community. I'm a native of this community. I've been here all my life, basically. And... um, this is a miracle, amen, what God has done. But also in 2009, I almost died. I was in a coma for three and a half weeks. And um, basically the bottom line was I wasn't taking care of myself physically. And um, I almost died. But by the grace of God, amen. Somebody said he's a God of resurrection. I thought that's what today was about, right? But sometimes you resurrect too much. Praise God. Help you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. And um, so a a huge part of my sabbatical is also just to really focus in on, um, you know, just taking care of my health in all the ways I need to do that. And so, again, I am absolutely honored uh, that you guys are seeing fit to give me that opportunity. But more and more as I look at my life, what I recognize is um, I, I have a Bible character um, that, I, that I so emulate. And this is Apostle Paul. 
And from the Message Bible, 1 Corinthians 4, 14 through 17 says this. Basically, Paul is saying to the church at Corinth, and I kind of want to hope you can hear something from me in these moments from my heart towards Eastern Fellowship. I'm not writing this as a neighborhood scold just to make you feel right. And a lot of times in my context, you know how I do, y'all. It sounds like I'm beating y'all up. I promise. I'm not trying to do that. It's not my heart. I'm writing as a father to you, my children. I love you, and I want you to grow up well, not spoiled. There are a lot of people around who can't wait to tell you what you've done wrong, but there aren't many fathers willing to take the time and effort to help you grow up. It was as Jesus helped me proclaim God's message to you that I became your father. I'm not, you know, asking you to do anything that I'm not already doing myself. This is why I sent Timothy to you earlier. He is also my dear son and true to the master. He will refresh your memory on the instructions I regularly give all the churches on the way of Christ. East then, I just want to make sure you guys hear my heart. My first heart towards you is always love. I am blessed um, to have an amazing executive pastor, amazing worship pastor, amazing youth pastor, amazing church administrator, an amazing elk. Come on, she said amen for herself. Oh, no, she said it for toy. She said it for toy. She said it for toy. You praise God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, you said it for toy. I'm sorry, babe. She said that for toy. That's right. That's correct. You humbled yourself. That's very good. Um, but they, they, are, they are amazing people. And the elders who are here are amazing people. So as a father to you all, as I step away for this year, I am absolutely confident and the team of people who will be serving and leading. I believe that ultimately there, was, there is one head of this church. Anybody know who that is? Jesus! Very good. They can always count on Kenny. Amen. <laughs> and finally, again, I hope you heard the word that I was just sharing about growing up. I'm convinced that the reason God is asking me to step away is that it is time for us as a local church to continue to grow up. And as much as I try to restrain myself, as you saw earlier, I'm always just jumping up saying stuff. You can't do that if you're actually not here. <laughs> and so, in Ephesians 4, Paul is talking to the Ephesians. This is what he says, and I'm going to sit down after this. Starting with verse 14 through verse 16. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint which it is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love 
Again, I believe the elders, the pastors, the whole team here, my belief and faith is that as I'm away, we're going to be amazed to see people grow. We're also going to be amazed to see other people step up into roles of leadership. God is calling Eastern Fellowship to grow up as a local church. Would you touch the person beside you and say, time to grow up. Time to grow up. Time to grow up. Time to grow up. So I will believe, I do believe that you all will respond to that call from God to grow up. And again, thank you so much uh, for the privilege of serving, but really, really celebrating this opportunity to go away for a year of rest. And a friend of mine gave me this word. He said, Don, you're going away to rest so you can come back and do the rest. And so get ready, get ready, get ready. Let me pray. Father God, we praise you now again. We thank you for this house. We thank you that unless the Lord build, we labor in vain. And so as much as I am honored here, I am also humbled. The reality is that this is your church. It belongs to you, and you've always been the head of it. And so, God, we trust you now in this season of sabbatical for me that you will manifest your glory in ways that no one ever has anticipated. I thank you for the pastors and the elders, that they will grow in their leadership like they never also had anticipated. But also, God, I pray protection over your people. I come against the spirit of sin that often tries to creep in and destroy people. We say today in this place that the power of the resurrection, the power of the love of God is greater than sin. That people will be free to come into the light with the things they struggle with. Because just as we talked about today, basically all of us are made out of trash. But when the light comes on it, something beautiful happens. Deliver us from our fear of people and what people may think about us when we tell them something that you actually already know. How are we exalting people higher than we exalt you? So we cry out today, resurrection Jesus, be alive in Eastern Fellowship. Protect your people, guide your people, guard your people, lead your people, bless your people. Grant your favor upon them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Tell somebody, God bless you. Pray for Pastor Don on his sabbatical. Amen. Bless y'all. Help us with the chairs. Amen.